continuing last week's exciting conversation sees our hero and our heroine together as they get to know each other a little better via podcast. I'm talking with Brooke Sellis, and let me tell you, I'm I'm really delighted to meet you because I've heard you on the Marketing Companion podcast with Mark Schaefer, who, of course, is no stranger to this podcast. And actually, he's the guy who kind of introduced us to each other. Thank you, Mark Schaefer, for that. And it's kind of really interesting because here's Mark Schaefer, who, for anyone who knows him, he's, you know, we're in the same peer group age-wise. And I think we're roughly twice your age-ish. Not quite. All right. Well, thank you for that. (laughs) I'm not even close, actually. I'm 40. I'll I'll throw it out there. I'm 40, so not even close. Well, I'm closer to 80 than you might guess. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, let's just say that there's multiple decades between your age and mine, and yet... I don't sense any disparity between where we are when it comes to what creates a valuable relationship between a brand and a customer, whether that brand be a a company that makes products or provides services or an individual that does the same. And of course, I'm going to take a page out of Mark Schaefer's recent book, Marketing Rebellion, where he says the, the personal brand is the company brand. And I totally believe that. And when he threw that up on the screen at Social Media Marketing World in 2019, I think, I almost had a coronary because I'm like in such agreement with that point of view. And I look at your website. I see that you do organic social media management, paid media marketing, online customer care solutions, and training and speaking. And a lot of those things just at first glance feel kind of technical. And yet the conversation I've had with you has been... 10% technical and 90% human? Yeah. Is is that the way you roll at B-squared? Yeah. Well, I think we're, it sounds technical because what we do is technical. So all of our services are called done-for-you services. So that's where we actually come in and the client hands us that Facebook page and we do it for them. So it is very technical, right? It's the doing versus the strategy. But... The people who are on our team have to embody the strategy that we're talking about today, which is that whole like think conversation, not campaign mantra. We want to be data driven. We want to show results, but we also don't want to partner ourselves with people who, you know, want to buy followers or are so enraptured in the narrative that they can't get the post out, you know? We're good at what we do. We want to stay in our lane, but we also want to follow that think conversation, not campaign mantra. I mean, that's our philosophy. Yeah. It's interesting you said pay for followers or some whatever you said exactly, because I think back of that and, you know, it still happens. The black hat follower buyers, you know, uh, you can buy 10,000 followers, stuff like that. And this is how stupid I am as a human being. I know that exists and I refuse to do it. And this goes all the way back to when I I ran stuff that were going for the best of whatever city I happen to be living in, you know, the, the best comedy show, the best bluegrass band, whatever. We all know that fans and companies and individuals stuff the ballot box, right? They literally will get their friends and family and everybody and, and they stuff it all day long. I'm such an Mm -hmm. idiot that I would never stuff a ballot box because I believe in the value of finding out what people really think. I've since come to realize if you want to know how people think, ask them and ask them one 
to one rather than mm-hmm. uh, what do y'all think? Everybody vote on this. The most popular. Yeah, it's the most popular. That doesn't mean it's any good. But anyway, <laughs> so you've got this kind of what I like to think of as this Venn diagram of a circle called science or technology and a circle called humanities. And they overlap quite a bit. It's almost like they're twin circles. Do I get that right? Is that what you're about? Is that how you roll? Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely art and science because, you know, I can tell you like with paid ads, like there, how many courses have you seen, by the way, for an influencer marketing like their paid ad course or whatever for $2.99? I'm going to teach you just how to make a million dollars on your ads, just like me. Like, please don't take that course. <laughs> but yeah, it's art and science. I mean, the art, the science part is, you know, setting up the ad and, and looking for keywords and all that stuff. But the art part is figuring out, you know, the copy and you have such a short amount of copy with advertising to have conversation. That is so much art and not science. So you really have to be like both left-brained and right-brained, or in some cases we hire a right-brain and a left-brain and we, we pair them together. Somebody's really good at the science and somebody's really good at the art. You know, we have people who are much better at copywriting and people who are much better at, you know, setting up the processes for getting, you know, from point A to point B with a task. Oh God, you're going to make me cry. You know why? Because I've been <laughs> feeling like for the past, <laughs> for the past, <laughs> 10, 15 years, the technologist has been ascendant. You know, it's it literally the liberal arts major has been diminuized, if that's a word. It, I should know I was a liberal arts major. But it's been uh, the appreciation for such people has been diminished compared to the worshiping of the technologist, that data person. Yes. And, and to me. One does not exist without the other to have a fully balanced human campaign. I mean, I do dread the day when AI takes over our lives, but I do know this. What I do best, AI is worst at. So I yes, I at least feel better about that. Uh, that's a thousand percent true. So, I mean, you might have heard Mark Schaefer say that we're reimagining customer care. And the reason why he says that is because, again, it's, it's a simple answer. It's going to smack you in the face with how simple it is. Most companies who talk about delivering customer care services these days use artificial intelligence. Yep. Guess what artificial intelligence can't do? It cannot have a back and forth conversation So while we're not opposed to artificial intelligence, all of our customer care services center on the human. We have a human there and ready to go, at least during some office hours, if not 18 hours a day, seven days a week, ready to answer that question or ready to say, hi, I'm a human here listening to your need. And though I can't solve it this second, I'm going to get it escalated and we're going to have a response for you in 24 hours or whatever that time frame is. And no machine... Right now, you know, I'll say I'll put that little asterisk there because we don't know where AI is going to go. But right now, no machine can give you that level of comfort and that nuanced of an answer. And the whole thing is, I totally understand the value of having bots and stuff like that, because if someone's going to your website just to find out what your open and closed hours are, a bot can answer that question better and faster. And frankly, you probably know the data better than I 
it's been proven that most Americans or most consumers don't mind a bot giving you an answer within milliseconds compared to a human taking 15 minutes. Yeah, it's something around like 66 or 68%. So almost 70%, almost, not quite, of consumers are willing to interact with that bot for that immediate response. Except if there's a problem yes. that, that a bot can't handle. Yes. You know, and oh, I'll be honest with you, or this just happened the other day. I like to play around with bots, meaning not that I do it for myself, but if I come across a site with bots, I want to see if I can break them. You want to break the bot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I was on a site and I was looking for, a, a, you know, it was one of those sites that hides the pricing so much that yes. they had a bot. And so I just put in the words, how much? And it came back with, hi, I'm Glenn. I'm your helper. Now I'm here <laughs> to answer your questions. And I just say, how much? Well, the cost of our typical services are blah, 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 blah. Now, any human being would have handled that differently. Like, yeah, I could have I could have been a bot. Literally, we could be doing the Turing test right there where bots <laughs> are, are doing each other, you know, trying to determine, are you a human? But I could tell yeah. when when the guy says, hi, I'm Glenn. It's like, no, you're not. There's no shut it, Glenn. Yeah, you're <laughs> not Glenn. I'm sorry. So yeah. when I said the how much and he came back with a verbose answer, what people typically do in conversation is a lot of times they match conversational style. If I'm all about contractions and never using cannot when I can say can't, <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> you know, I, I will match your style because I, I, one, I feel empathy and I don't want to come off like some snooty elitist or something like that. Although I do that on a regular basis. <laughs> I do try to, to match people where they live. Bots don't do that very well. AI doesn't do that very well, but humans do it beautifully. Yeah, that's psychology, sociology. It's called mirroring and bots yeah. cannot mirror. They can only answer questions based on keyword phrases. They cannot have, you know, there's natural language processing, but they cannot really have a natural language conversation. That is not true at this point in time. There's really expensive software, which can get really close, like Watson. I think, you know, you look at some of the questions that Watson's had. Sure, you know, that's great conversation, but are you going to be able to afford Watson with your small business to handle your customer care? Probably not. Yeah, IBM Watson, I don't think comes with a $15 a month membership. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, no, not no. at all. <laughs> Yeah, but but that's a, yeah, and that's why I encourage people, especially if they're considering developing themselves, packaging themselves as a personal brand, lean into your humanity. What makes you most human makes you most valuable to most people. The exception being if you're in an industry that a CNC machine can mill aluminum to a finer tolerance than you ever could by hand. Sorry, dude, you're out of a job. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I like I like to point to two industries that I'm afraid are are literally going the way of the dodo. One is cashiers. You know that America has something like 2.5 million cashiers. Guess where they're going in the next five years? 
Bye bye. Well, to the unemployment. Did you see the recent? There was a recent article on the Amazon walkout store. Like you literally just walk out with your merchandise, and the technology knows how to charge you based on RFIDs and your phone and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. So I'm with you. Yeah. Well, exactly. But guess what? There's another one. Over the road truckers, the guys who take a truck from Chicago to Los Angeles. What's going to happen when Tesla has self-driving trucks that can never need to be refueled, take a potty break, have to take mandatory sleep breaks? What happens? Right. I'm not talking about the guys who have to literally make the thousands of decisions to drive a truck in downtown Los Angeles. I'm talking to the ones who are out in the the long haulers. Yeah. Yeah. They're at a depot where it's a straight shot all the way from L.A. to Chicago those guys are out of a job. Guess what? There are 2.7 million of those. So we're, we're looking at close to 6 wow. million people who are going to be out of work. You need to lean yeah. into human oriented activity. What I would call liberal arts oriented, you know, the stuff where you yes. people. <laughs> yes. Know. Agreed. I mean, even social listening, which I'm such a huge proponent of, which uses, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning, Right. I'll give you an example. We use, we actually mandate that our customer care clients use social listening because we want to go from being reactive to proactive with their customer care. So we use social listening and social listening for this one client, it's a, it's a luxury appliance brand goes out and finds negative sentiment bubbling up around one of their products, right? So we're putting in a keyword for this product. We can get hits in real time from the artificial intelligence on what's being said and where about that product, whether or not they're mentioning the brand or not, right? So this is how we're being proactive. But then when the machines bring back that information, the artists, the marketers, we still have to decide what to do with it, right? They're bringing us all of this information in real time and they're filtering through more information than we could ever. It'd be like trying to take a sip through a fire hose for us. But then they bring that information back and the artist still has to decide what to do with that information. So when we saw this negative conversation bubbling up about the, this, it was a coffee maker. We dug in. What, what about the coffee maker? We found out it was the filter. People couldn't figure out how to change the filter and their very expensive coffee machine. This is what the machines brought us. We said as a collective, as marketers, artists, Hey client, why don't you make a, video of how to change this filter and put it on the product page because then you're solving a search problem because what's the first thing people do when they can't change the filter you know and the client's answer yeah the client was like well we send out a really amazingly large service help book it's like a shakespearean novel with every coffee maker and we're like yeah no people aren't going to read that make the video what happened when they made the video? We saw, you know, obviously with search that helped people were finding that and solving their own problem right away. Negative sentiment went down, positive sentiment went up and we saw what we think, you know, we couldn't relate it because it wasn't a paid campaign, but an, an uptick in sales of that machine because that peer-to-peer conversation mm-hmm. was positive happening more and more based on people being able to use their machine, you know? Well, there, there's that word again, conversation. And again, I love that you have that sensibility and I share it because conversation is the way you make connection. And the way you Mm -hmm. make connection is the way you deepen and strengthen relationship. And it's all about relationship. Again, I'm going to bring up Apple. We talked about it last week. Apple has such a strong relationship in my life that I will never consider a different platform 
unless they screw up mightily. And I've been through some, <laughs> I've, I was, uh, I had a Mac tower back when they had a circular mouse. Oh, the puck. It was terrible. Yes. Absolutely terrible <laughs> crap. But I forgave and forgot and bought Logitech because he, fortunately they supported Logitech <laughs> at the time. But anyway, I'm back. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm showing you my magic trackpad right now because they came uh -huh. up with a really fantastic alternative called the magic trackpad. So thank you, Apple, for never. I'm not going to say being perfect, but when you make a mistake, you come back and you bring diamonds. This episode of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast is brought to you by my new book, Nonfiction Brand. Discover, craft, and communicate the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Now available on Amazon.com. Jay Bear, best-selling author of Talk Triggers, said, The book is outstanding. Highly recommended. A spectacularly useful guide to personal branding that pulls off the difficult trick of being both realistic and inspirational. A must-read, regardless of where you are in your own brand-building journey. To get your copy, head on over to Amazon.com and search Nonfiction Brand. And let's get you all the credit you deserve for the completely true, completely you brand you already are. Anyway, I'm talking with Brooke Sellis of B Squared Media. Now, where are you located? I am actually located in Flemington, New Jersey. If you know <clears throat> where that is. Flemington? <laughs> Flemington. <clears throat> it's uh, not a pretty name, but it's actually a really pretty city. It's, it's very uh, like horse country area. A lot of like farms and acreage and whatnot. But it's close to, I'm like an hour door to door from downtown New York and about an hour and 20 from Philly downtown. So nice and centrally located. And you're semi-rural. Yes. And we've got like, you know, uh, you know, acreage. Like we, we look at other like farms around here. So it's, it's not bad. We're far enough from the city that we can like, you know, spread out. But that's the thing. That's what the technologies we have allow you to do. I'm located in just outside Madison, Wisconsin. I can have global reach and people from Australia for free on my podcast via Zoom. Yeah, you can, unless you choose not to do it. And uh, there's so oh, much yeah. possibility out there. So much. Our whole team is remote. And by the way, one of our team members is in Appleton, Wisconsin. Oh, yes. <laughs> just up the road a little bit on the way to Green Bay. Yeah. So our entire team's remote and um, a couple of them are actually overseas. They're not in the U.S. and we still work together. Great. I mean, we're very cohesive as a team, no matter where we are. And why is that? Because I'm going to guess each of you has developed a personal brand that is sufficient for each of you to go. I know who you are. I know what you do. I know how you do it. I respect all of those things. We've had conversations mm -hmm. that build bridges that deepened relationships to the point that you do business together, even though you may never have seen those people face to face. Now, I'm guessing it's you so true. have, but a lot of them I have. Some of them have been with us for like three plus years and I still have not met them IRL in real life. But I feel like I know them. And yes, you're exactly right. We I encourage through our, we use Basecamp as our project management system. And I encourage those conversations about like pizza or the real housewives or what they did over the weekend, because that's just 
going to those deeper level, right? Disclosures of thoughts, opinions, feelings. We're not just talking cliches and facts or, or project information. We're getting into the nitty gritty, which makes you feel loyal to your teammate. And if you feel loyal to your teammate, hopefully you feel loyal to be squared. I mean, it's not an accident that, you know, those things I encourage. It's all about conversation. She's nodding her head violently <laughs> or maybe not violently, but enthusiastically. Yes. Well, I have so enjoyed our conversation today. I'm talking with Brooke Sellis of B Squared Media out in New Jersey, horse country. And I'm in Wisconsin where we just got six to eight inches of snow yesterday. Oh, my gosh. We got like over 12 today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because that storm that dumped on us came to you. Came to me and is now headed to Maine. (laughs) Wow. Well, anyway, thank God for technology because we can all work from home because we've developed, say it with me, the relationship via conversation that enables us to create really wonderful relationships via conversation. So thank you so much today, Brooke, for having this conversation with me. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope we'll stay in touch. In the meantime, I would like to invite our listeners to connect to you in some meaningful way. Is there a place where you like to meet new people? Twitter is by far my favorite platform. I guess I'm old school in that way. So if you want to chat with me on Twitter, just go to at Brooke Sellis, B-R-O-O-K-E. S as in snake, E-L-L-A-S as in snake, Celis. It's like the easiest Greek, Greek name on the planet. So find me there. If you don't want to find me on Twitter, just go to bsquared.media and you can find our other sites where we can hook up for a conversation. Ooh, and a deep relationship is sure to follow. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. I'm DP Knutin. And of course, I would love for you to like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast because especially the reviewing part, that's like a conversation where you start and someone else gets to take the other side of it going, ooh, if they liked it, I should probably listen to it. I think it is the number one way people find the podcast, to be honest with you. So please do that if you're so inclined. If not, Listen to me next week because I'll be back and check out Brooke Sellis wherever you can, because as you can tell, a sparkling wit, a shimmering personality and a very kind human being. That's it for the Nonfiction Brad podcast. I am, as I just said, DP Knutin, but she is Brooke Sellis. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye bye.